Hello there. Uh, welcome to Podventure Time. My name is Pat. And my name is Ben. Ben, just real briefly, why don't you uh, get people up to speed on what exactly it is that we do on this show? We talk about Adventure Time. We talk about it because it's your favorite show and you're trying to convince me to like it as much as you. That's about right. We overanalyze it and we uh, see how close we're getting Ben to being a, a, an avowed Adventure Time fan. So... This is a little bit of a momentous episode for us. We just watched the last two episodes of the first season. You did it. You made me watch a whole season. Yeah, 26 episodes. They have long seasons, but I guess each episode is... It's like 10 uh, minutes, yeah. Yeah, half the length of a, uh, a a sitcom or whatever. But yeah, we made it to 25 and 26, which are the final two episodes of the season. I think next week we're going to come back with a sort of season one wrap-up special. It'll be a uh, different format from the usual show, and then we'll dive right into season two. And man, I was just looking. Season two gets real right in the first episode, so I'm very, very looking forward to that. Well, I am. Uh, I am too. I I will say that. I, I will say that that I am. I'm looking forward to it. I have actually a uh, request to kind of flip things around because. I did not like episode 26 as the final one in the season, so can we talk about that one first? Yeah, okay, totally. So episode 26 is called Gut Grinder. Why don't you tell us kind of what happens there? Gut Grinder is, it's it's an episode in which Finn and Jake basically travel to three different towns to find that the same monster has terrorized their town by stealing their gold. And each time the uh, the townsfolk describes the monster as looking identical to Jake. So over the course of the episode, we have to we start wondering, and Jake starts wondering if he in fact is the monster, and he questions his entire his entire being and his his entire sense of self. Yeah, Jake Jake wonders a lot. Like it it drives him to the point of madness almost. Yeah, and and the monster, the reason the episode's called the Gut Grinder is that the monster that all these towns are terrorized by is is called the Gut Grinder. It's sort of like a MacGuffin for a while, if you're familiar with the term, kind of like in Pulp Fiction, like the briefcase that like, Yeah. right? Like right. The, like the thing that everybody's talking about but never really like it doesn't matter what it is. It's just it's like he, they're sort of seeking this thing out. And I guess I guess maybe it's not a MacGuffin because really like at the end they do show you who it is and, and like it's it's not a fake it's not like a nonsense thing. Yeah, um, there is a payoff, although it's yeah. it it's interesting over the course of the episode I think we we kinda learn more and more. I think each village gives a better picture of what the gut grinder looks like where the, the soft people who wee wee out of their armpits. Oh my god. Uh, they <laughs> just uh want to they just kinda have a description that looks like Jake Right, uh, and then the next uh, village, I think, um, has a has an even more detailed description, and I think it's the Spiky Village, the last one, where we actually they have a photograph of the gut grinder, and it sure does look a lot like Jake. So we don't know what on earth the gut grinder is for most of the episode, but we sort of learn and learn and learn, and then we get a payoff at the end. Yes, payoff is that it is not Jake. We can go ahead and say that now. It's not Jake. 
and spoiler alert, it's a, uh, it turns out that it's a person, well, person's a loose term, but a, a, a being wearing a Jake-like costume, essentially. Yeah, it's basically a Scooby-Doo ending. Yeah, it is a Scooby-Doo ending, with like, except with like a, with like a marital strife twist. Yeah, so the the person inside of the gut grinder costume who's been stealing gold from across the land ends up being the wife of the mayor of Spiky Town. That's right. And so there's there's an element of personal betrayal on top of just the uh, whole committing crime thing. So you started this whole thing by saying you didn't like this episode. Why, why didn't you like the episode? So I do. I I like the episode fine. I think it's pretty good. I I like the device of trying to figure out who the gut grinder is. And and we should mention that at a certain point, Jake actually does sort of lose his mind and start behaving like the gut grinder. This has to do with him. I don't know what happens to him exactly when he gets his belly rubbed, but (laughs) he sort of gets hypnotized. And uh, I think he doesn't quite wake up and starts to believe that he's the gut grinder. But uh, Finn, I think Finn believed the entire time that Jake was not the gut grinder. And and I actually liked the I liked the episode. I, I thought the bit where Finn assures Jake that he can't possibly be the gut grinder because Finn watches Jake sleep. Yes. <laughs> so Jake is never out of Finn's eyesight, so there's no way he can be the gut grinder. And then I also like at the end the way that we get Jake to calm down and go back to being Jake is Finn starts to play his viola and does a few other things that are kind of callbacks to things that Finn and Jake share, and that reminds Jake of who he is. So all those parts, I I liked the episode just fine. I just thought that it was it was pretty ordinary. It wasn't one of those episodes where you're like, oh my god, you know, and you're like thinking, which I think episode 25 seems more like an end of a season episode. So it's not that I didn't like episode 26. It's just that it seemed an odd choice to put it at the end of the season. I have to agree with you on this. I it was something that I thought about as I watched kind of both. Like yeah, 25 more than 26 felt like a closer, but neither of them felt neither of them were like in any doing any service to like setting up anything in the future, which I guess I don't know why I expected them to because they like there hasn't been any sort of real emphasis on like multi-episode character development or like multi-episode story arcs or anything like that so i'm not sure why i expected them to do any sort of like big old end of season cliffhanger yeah there's definitely no cliffhanger and now that i say it out loud i think that's fine but i agree with you that neither of the like as as a whole these two didn't feel like like a big old climax at the end of this season but i agree especially this last one which you know it was a cartoon and I keep kind of thinking. I keep trying to trying to make it more than what it should be. I think sometimes, as I like, as I watch them, I want it to be, I want it to be more because some of the episodes have been like really, really multi leveled, and this one just wasn't, and that's okay. Yeah, I think that those have, those those types of episodes have been scattered throughout the season. I think we saw more of them early in the season. The, mm-hmm. the just this is a cartoon episode, and they're fine, but you're right. Once you watch an episode like the two we had last week, you can't help but be like, all right, like, you know, what what moral dilemma am I going to be wrestling with as I lie in bed tonight? And uh, the gut grinder doesn't exactly present you with one of those. No, it does not. I, I will say, like, we'll talk about episode uh, 25 as well, but both of these, I feel like each of these episodes was, it was an episode for each Finn and Jake to question their very being. 
was sort of yes. the, what I saw happen in both of these. So maybe if you take them as a pair, that's sort of the the climax is like both of them question question who they are and then come out feeling more strongly and and more uh, firm and and comfortable in their own skin perhaps. Yeah, I think that, that that's uh that's a good observation. They do have sort of crises of identity, but ultimately I, I think that Finn and Jake are Finn and Jake and mm-hmm. the characters may evolve a little bit. I th- I think they do later on in the show, but their essence remains the same and they they're never going to change that. And I think that's a pretty good segue then into episode 25 to go backwards. Yeah. And this one was called His Hero. His Hero, which is an episode in which we find out that Finn and Jake, Finn especially, but both of them nearly equally, have a, have a hero that they worship, a, another hero named Billy, right? Yep. Named Billy. Billy is like the ultimate hero and one that other heroes look up to essentially and yeah uh, he he seems to be basically the he's like a mythological hero i would say right if not if not the mythological hero finn certainly treats him as the mythological hero right and in this episode we have a chance uh, finn and jake have a chance to have a chance encounter and, and meet him and they literally meet their hero, and and that crisis of identity we talked out talked about comes about from this because Billy, their hero, they find has decided to take a path of nonviolence, and says and recommends that Finn and Jake do the same. Yeah, a couple of things that I want to point out is that Finn and Jake sort of do this uh, "we're not worthy, we're not worthy" thing the whole time that they're talking to Billy. Yeah, which I found very funny. And the other thing is, I thought that Billy, and and we can talk more once we kind of talk about what the episode was about, but uh, Billy wasn't just nonviolent, he was nihilist. Yeah, nothing matters, yeah. Yeah, the argument that he uses to encourage Finn and Jake to be nonviolent is, well, I just saved a princess and I punched the monster and then you know what happened? Another monster ate her. So he seems to think that being a hero doesn't really help anyone. There's always going to be another monster, and so why bother doing anything? Right. That is true. That's, po- that's a good point. So they meet this nihilist. They meet their hero who has essentially given up the path that led him to be their hero. And not only that, not only has he rejected it, he's rejected it and is telling them to reject it as well. And so, so they do, essentially out of devotion to this guy they said well if he's doing it we've got to do it and so they try it they try to be nonviolent. they try to help the community in nonviolent means and they do a very bad job yeah all of their all of finn's help always ends up having a violent twist like his his way of, I, I thought it was funny that like his idea of being nonviolent was just like giving I don't know, set, setting other people up to be violent in his yes, in, exactly in his in his stead. I suppose I saw I thought the exact same thing is, yeah. is um, Finn is out trying to help people because he wants to have a positive contribution to the community, but he he can't be violent anymore, so he can't save the the community as it were from monsters. So he tries to help people, but every single way that he helps people prepares them for like heroic violence. Yes. That seems to be the only 
way that Finn even understands that anyone would want to be helped. Yeah. He uh, feeds an entire town gruel, which is great because he's feeding hungry people, but he adds uh, way too much. Well, any is way too much, but he adds a lot of stone skin poison uh, potion or whatever it's called so that these poor people who have no interest in becoming, you know, really tough stone skinned warriors <laughs> yes. end up running around panics because they are, they have, their skin has turned to stone. Uh, and my favorite part of that is that somehow he added, I think, some sort of additional ingredient that also made each of their belly buttons shoot flames. Yeah, the belly button shooting flames is great. Yeah. <laughs> Stone skin, by the way, is a spell that I know exists in Dungeons and Dragons. So that is a another. Speaking of what we talked about last week, that is a call. Another another uh, pull from the Dungeons and Dragons realm, I suppose. Yeah, and it, it reminded me of Grayscale in the George R.R. R. Martin universe. Mm-hmm. I think that that is probably... I mean, I know that like looking at it kind of makes me get squiggly. It's so I, I, I would imagine that throughout cultures, probably the idea of having your skin turned to stone has been something that, that can <laughs> frighten or gross out people. Yeah. So then uh, what else did he try to do? He Then he decided... Because he turned the cobbler's hands to stone, he said, then I'll be the town cobbler against the cobbler's wishes. <laughs> but then he tried to cobble a shoe, a woman's shoe, but he cobbled it with a magic nail. Then the magic nail imbued the shoe with several weapons, including a lasso, which was great. <laughs> and then the last was, uh, what did he try to do after that? He gave... Oh, <laughs> hilariously, he decides to uh, give Lumpy Space Princess plastic oh. surgery. <laughs> yes, Lumpy Space Princess makes a return, and she wants plastic surgery to fit to look to look hot. She wants a hot swimsuit bod to fit in the new swimsuit she bought, and he he does. He builds her a hot new bod, but in, but also gives her like cyborg weapons. <laughs> and, yeah, it turns out that the hot new bod is also a cyborg, and I think it at a certain point even like her legs go away and she just has like a wheel or something. Yeah, so she, she turns into like a semi RoboCop. Right. So yeah, like he, this whole time he's trying to be nonviolent, but all he's doing is just sort of gifting violence to other people so that they can be violent for him or, or without him, without his help. At the end, he's faced with a, a crisis in which he's faced with another monster attacking an old woman and he has to decide whether he's going to try to save her in a nonviolent way or revert to his old ways. And it turns out that his old ways are good ways for, for Finn. He is who he is, and he needs to, he needs to let that violence out. And, and he does so to great effect. Yeah, so he saves the old lady. I think it's clear that Finn's role in the community is to use violence when it's necessary and and we definitely learned that about Finn. One thing that I thought was really interesting about Finn's nonviolent period is he's not confrontationally nonviolent. Like he's not sitting in a roadway to protest anything and he's not even like going up to monsters and trying to talk them out of right capturing old ladies or whatever. All of his nonviolent ways of helping are just looking for ways to help people directly. He never thinks, you know, oh, well, this is a threat that I may be able to deal with nonviolently. The second that he's facing, that he faces an actual threat, he reverts immediately back to violence. Yep. 
And I thought it was interesting. It seemed that um, at one point he's talking to the cobbler in town who is very upset that, that they're not helping him in the way he's asking to be helped. And he says, Ed Finn says, oh, well, you know, I'm being nonviolent. I'm helping, I'm helping you by giving you stone skin by, so that you can, you can fight monsters if you need to. And the, and the cobbler says, I don't, I don't want to fight monsters. We, that's why we have you. And and I thought it might we have sort of a uh, a comment a, a commentary on the on like a, a specialization society I suppose where, where sure yeah everyone has everyone's got their job and no one has to be experts in everything right uh, you know I, I think it just it's, it's another we've we've hit on a lot of economic theories I think this is another one yeah I'm with you there the theory that I kind of was working with the most is is Billy's nihilism and. To me, it seems like Billy, we see no evidence that Billy has done anything with his nonviolence. We just, he seems to be just sitting in his treasure hideout doing yeah. nothing. And I, I, I wonder if Billy, once he adopted this nihilistic view of being a hero, you know, every time I punch a monster, three more pop up. I wonder if he's just using nonviolence as an excuse to not deal with that frustration anymore like i think billy's having an existential crisis but he doesn't want to admit it to himself or anyone else so he just says you know what i'm going to be non-violent from now on but he's sort of an armchair liberal in that way where yeah oh i'm i'm non-violent that means i don't get up off my couch right no i i agree with you i mean he i think you do have in this episode a an argument for and against action direct action and Billy providing an argument against action because it, in his words it never matters and then right. and then Finn who is the embodiment of direct action and he he has to decide whether or not that that's a worthwhile cause or that's a worthwhile way to live clearly the episode at the end it's decided the episode decides and Finn decides that Finn's method of direct action and directly taking on monsters and threats is the way to live. In fact, it's decided so much that then Billy also decides to retake up the sword and he abandons his ways uh, of nihilism. Yeah, he's so inspired by what Finn has done that he's going to go back out there and start kicking butt again. Yeah. One, one little funny thing that I really liked was as Finn is is contemplating saving this old lady from the monster by by using violence, the old lady is trying to, t- to argue with him and talk him into being violent. And he says, well, Billy, Billy told me not to be violent. And she goes, well, he's old. You can't ever take advice from old people. And then Finn's like, but you're old. Yeah. <laughs> and so there's this paradox of the old person telling telling Finn not to listen to old people, but he ends up actually following her advice and not listening to Billy and seems to give Billy a new lease on life. Yeah. And so I I agree with you that this is much more of a closer episode. Like it's it's Finn it's Finn deciding that it's Finn having questioning and then reaffirming that his lifestyle choices are in fact beneficial to society and right for him. Yeah. And he's more resolute than ever that like his his way of heroism and his way of uh of adventuring are the ways to go 
It's so much so that his passion reinvigorates the passion in another in another hero. It flips the tables. We have a sort of uh, the 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 student has become the master situation. Yeah, I the reason that I liked this one better is that we learned so much about Finn, and I think it's a good signal of the character development that's going to come later on. I think even really starting in season two, and so that's kind of where I thought that it was a better final episode for the season uh it's just because we learned so much about finn and what we learned was like finn's gonna keep kicking ass and so get ready for season two because finn is all in on kicking ass now all right well that sounds like tons of fun so we've done a whole we've done a whole season now i have enjoyed them i will i will be with you for the next season I'm not. We'll, All right. We'll talk about we'll talk about like full season feelings. I think, and like you said, I think we'll do a, an episode next that's a full season wrap up. But I'm just glad to hear that we've been picked up for another season. Yeah. Hey, the sponsors the sponsors have spoken, uh, and the, and the audience has spoken, and the show was was at least just good enough. That's right. So here we go. Season two will happen. One thing that I wanted to point out to you, I don't know if you remember back from our way first episode, so we're doing a nice little circle thing here, mm-hmm. uh, when I was making you guess whether uh, certain characters were Adventure Time characters or not, mm. and I brought up the Lich. Did you notice that Billy is beating up the Lich in his montage? He beat up the Lich King, yeah. I saw that. That's So... Have you encountered a lich in your uh, D&D travels yet? Uh, it's my understanding that these are very... It's a very, like... It's a type of character that you see a lot in fantasy. So, no, I haven't seen... I've not seen a lich in my particular campaign. But I have... I'm aware of what they are. And I'm aware of what uh, what they can do. So if I ever do encounter one, you can bet that I'll be, I'll be ready. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, the lich, yeah. I mean, it's I I saw it. You referenced it. You're right. I hadn't thought about it for a while, but uh, but I definitely picked up when they said the Lich King in that uh, in that final little or in that montage for Billy. So for folks who maybe don't know what a Lich is, generally they are um, well, they're they're I think certainly undead creatures. Most people become liches. Uh, right. Most most liches are formerly people, and frequently that's because a powerful wizard has tried to gain immortality. Uh, and so that's why you see the Lich with, like, you know, his skin is all rotting off of him, I think, because he's sort of a smart zombie. He retains his ability to reason, uh, but his right. body is decaying. And they're very powerful. They're yeah. very evil. And there is definitely a reason that uh, I flagged the Lich at the beginning of the season and, and that I flagged it when we saw him at the end. All right. Well, so that we that's the only instance we've seen of him, so it'll be interesting to see how the Lich King or how the Lich appears going on. I will say the other... I really liked Billy's montage, by the way. We haven't even talked about that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Billy's montage is great. <laughs> um, oh, the thing that I also picked up on in this watching this episode, which maybe we'll talk about in the wrap-up, is I was trying, as during the intro, I was trying to see like if I knew all the things if i recognized all the main 
oh, element yeah. elements in the intro, and there's one that I think I don't, and so maybe we'll talk about it next time. Yeah, uh, that's a little homework for you: is watch the intro, see who who you can name and who you can't. Yeah, and then uh, we'll incorporate that into our season one wrap up special, which will yeah. be our next episode. I think until then. Until the next episode of Podventure Time, of course, I uh, am not going to forget again to thank my good friend Will Yates for the use of his song Date Night in our theme music. It's from an EP called I Know the Feeling, and if you go to willyates.bandcamp.com, you can get your hands on that. It is killer pop electronic music. So, this has been Podventure Time. I've been Pat. I've been Ben. And, uh, admittedly, it was probably a bad idea. (laughs) 